private trusted relatives. Sometimes the enrollees are able to pack clothing and small items that do not offer clues to what will become their former identities. All documents that identify program participants, such as social security cards or driver's licenses, are turned over to the marshals at this time. Some witnesses testify before heading into WITSEC. While others enter the program and then protected by marshals return to testify, it varies according to the circumstances of each case. Once entering the program, the marshal service provides round-the-clock protection when the witness is in high-threat areas, including pre-trial proceedings and court appearances. New enrollees to WITSEC are flown to Washington, D.C. The marshal service has its own air fleet, making it easy to surreptitiously transport witnesses across the U.S. Once they arrive in Washington, the participants are driven to the WITSEC Safe Site and Orientation Center in armored vehicles with blacked-out windows and internal blackout curtains. Not only can the witness not be seen, they don't know where they're going either. Early in the history of WITSEC, enrolling and educating participants into the program was more haphazard. In some cases, there was a lot of confusion, and witnesses waited for months for new official documents such as birth certificates. The orientation center opened up in 1988 to help streamline the process. Once arriving at the center, participants exit their vehicle to find themselves in a windowless, featureless garage. They never see the outside of the compound. The center is described as a secure area within a secure area, consisting of a maze of buildings enclosed behind a physical barrier, with the outer perimeter patrolled 24 hours a day by guards. Not only is the compound built to withstand a bomb blast, but the grounds and electronic network of the facility is constantly monitored by electronic surveillance, including electronic anti-intrusion systems. A security team uses sophisticated communication equipment and closed-circuit cameras to direct the movements of all personnel and witnesses within the center's grounds. No participants will ever see other enrollees for the duration of their stay at the compound. Participants stay in furnished apartments with exterior courtyards surrounded by high concrete walls. They're not allowed to leave their living quarters unescorted. The WITSEC Safe Site and Orientation Center can house up to six families at a time. At the Orientation Center, enrollees undergo medical and dental exams. Psychological exams and counseling are also given, as well as vocational inventories. Participants are intensely interviewed regarding their background, where they've previously lived, visited, and where relatives live. With the help of staff, participants create a new identity, complete with a new background, including a family tree that goes back to new grandparents. Based on interviews and test results, enrollees are assigned a special U.S. Marshal known as a witness inspector who oversees a particular region of the U.S. For the rest of their lives or until they're assigned a different contact, the witness inspector is their primary point of contact for the program. During their time at the orientation center, participants choose a new last name. It must be ethnically compatible and not tied to the witness in any fashion. Participants are advised to keep their first name, but may choose a new name if they so desire. They're encouraged to choose a last name that starts with the same letter as their former last name. These choices help to limit participants' mistakes in the future. Parents are especially encouraged to keep their child's first name. WITSEC will not allow participants to choose the name of a celebrity for their new name. Upon decision... The staff begins calling participants by their new names. Children undergo training in spelling, rehearsing, and learning to write their new name. Once chosen, names are legally changed via court approval, and the participants are supplied with documents for their new identity. 
All the identification provided to participants is officially backstopped with a legal paper trail. School records, transcripts, and employment histories are also created under the participants' new identities. WITSEC uses front companies and also has agreements with legitimate companies to help provide realistic employment histories. However, the program doesn't provide fake resumes, references, or certifications. So if a witness hopes to become Chris Hemsworth, heart surgeon, it's not happening. The participants are assigned to a location to move into their witness inspector's region. Once assigned, the participants study and familiarize themselves with their new hometown. After the participants complete the orientation, they're transported to their new location and situated in temporary housing. The witness inspector helps the participants settle into their new town, assisting with finding permanent housing, enrolling children in school, finding doctors, dentists, and even houses of worship. WITSEC pays for witness housing new furnishings, and a temporary salary based on the family size and cost of, cost of living in the area. Participants are supposed to get jobs and become self-supporting within six months. WITSEC may also back or arrange loans to help participants purchase a used car. The participants who previously might be used to easy money may receive budget counseling and are taught how to pay bills. The first few months of relocation tend to be the roughest. Parti participants are often homesick and lonely. Former criminals turned witnesses are used to spending time in the street or with their gang. Suddenly, they're forced to spend a lot of time with their spouse and kids. It can be an emotional pressure cooker situation. Participants can receive mail from trusted relatives via secure mail forwarding channels. However, since mail can be incriminating, once read it must be turned over to WITSEC. Also, participants are allowed to call family through secure telephone hookups. In addition to their witness inspector periodically checking in, participants also have a 24-7 number to call for emergencies. If the witness has to give testimony, the marshal service must be notified at least 10 days in advance, so they can come up with a plan to securely deliver the witness for court proceedings. Previously, witnesses have been transported to testify in mail trucks, helicopters, and even fishing boats to thwart assassination attempts. At trial, even witnesses no longer in the WITSEC are given protection if they're testifying in cases for which the witness originally entered the program. WITSEC is voluntary, lifelong, and the participants may leave at any time if they wish, although the marshals do not suggest doing so. As of 2019, about 18,900 witnesses and family members have been relocated since the program's inception. WITSEC claims that no witness security program participant following program guidelines has been harmed or killed. About 30 witnesses who didn't follow the rules or left the program have been murdered. WITSEC is not without its critics. The program is expensive to run. The government spends undisclosed millions annually to keep the program going. However, trials involving WITSEC participant testimony have an 89% conviction rate. Information regarding witnesses is provided on a need-to-know basis. Due to layers of security, even within the program, only a few people may know a participant's original identity. Local and state authorities are not notified of criminal witnesses who may even be murderers or pedophiles relocated to their area. Around 17% of WITSEC participants who have committed a crime will reoffend. However, that's a far lower number than compared to parole. Parolees who have a recidivism rate of 41%. Though WITSEC isn't a rehabilitation program, the help and counseling received often helps witnesses turn their lives around. However, participants frequently struggle with internal conflicts and identity crises. They have trouble making friends, starting and sustaining new romantic relationships. Ironically, the witness's children and family members can fare worse than the witness themselves because the witnesses are used to extensive lying in their criminal background. Children in the program seem to suffer the most, especially if they're old enough to understand the radical life change the family has undergone. 
In some cases, children who grew up in the program have tried to return to their original identity as adults and have been stuck in limbo with identity documents. The WITSEC continues to adjust the system after many mistakes and mishaps. In the early days, the program didn't provide counseling and paid for plastic surgeries, including breast implants for a mobster's wife. Some participants used their new identity to run up significant debt then told the marshals they'd been spotted by an enemy and feared retribution. The program would change their identity and location for a second time, allowing the witness to successfully flee creditors and collect more cost-of-living money from WITSEC. Now witnesses must pay off debts before entering the program and are monitored to ensure they don't rack up new debt. WITSEC no longer pays for plastic surgery for relocating witnesses, but will facilitate it for those who can afford to pay for it themselves. Due to a landmark case in the 1970s, in 1984 an amendment was made to the WITSEC protocol that joint custody agreements must be taken into account when relocating children. In 1967, Tom Leonard had visitation rights to his three young children. A year earlier, Tom's wife, Rochelle, had divorced him to marry a mafia informant named Patty Calabrese. The family disappeared. No one told Leonard that his ex-wife and children had left Buffalo, New York, gone into witness protection, and were now living a new life in Reno, Nevada. For the next several years, Leonard fought to see his children. Even when he was granted full custody in New York State, Witsec refused to produce the children on grounds that their new location and identity would be compromised. The U.S. Supreme Court declined to review the case, otherwise than confirming that the kids were fine and in good health via a single letter. Rochelle refused to correspond with her ex-husband. In 1975, after Rochelle and Cabrese separated, she had a change of heart and got in contact with Leonard. Soon after, Leonard flew to Reno to see his kids for the first time in eight years. He was heartbroken to see that his kids were now teens and realized how much time he had lost. Later, Leonard sued the government for millions of dollars, saying that he was prevented from raising his children. While the case was dismissed, it caused the WITSEC to alter procedure. Now, a non-WITSEC parent with visitation rights must agree to have the child relocated. They have the right to visit the child, although the visit must be planned through WITSEC. If the parent refuses the program for their child and wins full custody, the child will not be allowed to remain in their new identity. In the current digital age, WITSEC and its participants are facing new challenges as companies and individuals mount extensive background checks. In a few cases, grandchildren of witnesses attempting to join defense or intelligence agencies post 9-11 have run into trouble when the CIA checks into the family's background. The WITSEC is working on ways to limit these types of issues as they will continue to become more prevalent in the future. How do you